0: The views and opinions expressed by each individual show host and or guest, whether on air or via social media, are those of the host and guest and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of Fluent Radio staff, management and or owners. View discretion may be advised. Now sit back and enjoy the show. Ladies and gentlemen, now tune into the greatest. Ladies and gentlemen, now tune into the greatest. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children, welcome back to another episode of because I have a live mic here on Fluent Radio. What's good, everybody? I am very glad that the show is on a Wednesday now. Because Monday, if the show was on a Monday, it would be a very more angrier James. Cause Jesus Sunday made me so upset. Uh, just let's just I'm still angry. Like the more I think about it, cause every time I look up on my phone, because I I took a picture cause I put a video up on TikTok about it, and I haven't deleted the pictures from the Packers game yet. So every time I bring up my phone and go to my pictures, it's there. And I get a little bit more angry <laughs> ever since. Uh but today on today's show, we're gonna kinda digest what happened. In that Bears game, uh, we're, g- we're going to talk about it, who's to blame, uh, and can they fix this, or is the season already over, which I think a little, a, a lot of people are going too much extreme in that point. Uh, we're also going to talk about uh, Aaron Rodgers getting hurt on Monday Night Football and the Jets season being over, and who I think will probably come back, and who I think should not come back. And we're also going to talk about some more stuff around the league, as well as LeBron James basically... Uniting the Avengers to take over Olympic basketball because FIFA basketball this year was terrible. You know you're getting done when Dylan Brooks is out here outdoing y'all. So we're going to talk about that. But first we're going to start off home. Um, The Bears came out flat, bro. They came out pure, utterly flat in that game and never recovered, right? Like DJ Moore said they came out, they didn't have any juice. And I don't know how you don't have any juice. This is game one of uh, game one. Opener right You're going against Green Bay at the crib You got Jordan Love This is a new quarterback Right Not new to the system But a new quarterback Right Aaron Rodgers is gone This is the perfect opportunity For you guys to take advantage Of this And you know Build on something And you come out Looking like that Right like It pissed me off Because once Open kickoff You fumble the ball I thought we got rid of uh, V Jones for this reason They come out They fumble They put the ball right We're in the perfect position To where Jordan Love Can have a great drive and it was just, they just came out so flat and never really recovered. And I don't know who's to blame for this one, right? Like, you look at this game, I don't know if it's a game plan from uh, Lou Getzey, the offensive coordinator of the Bears. Uh, Matt Igerfield's not switching it up. Justin Fields not able to digest and read these defenses a little bit better to understand, like, throwing five screen passes wasn't going to work, right? So I don't know who's to blame for this. But if you look at that offense, they did not come out. With any type of energy in it, right? Like they had DJ Moore over there. You had Darnell Mooney. You had, uh, you know, Khalil Herbert, right? Like you had, you know, Robert Tunyon and Cole Komet. Like you have all the pieces there, and then to come out looking like that. It was just, ugh. It was just ugh, and it made my head hurt because it made it worse. Because it was just the Packers. Like had this just been like any other team, I would have been fine. But with it being the Packers and having to hear the Packers once again come up here and say like we still own you. I had to look at that fake bill of sale from like Aaron Rodgers to Jordan Love over and over again on the internet, and it irked me to, the, to my core. But going into this a little bit deeper, I think the Bears have a little bit more issues than they like to give on, right? Like um, going into it, Justin Fields, who had an okay game, I guess he went from like he did what, um, he went 216 with a touchdown and an in interception. By the way, that was a terrible interception. Justin Fields has to work on that. That is the one thing that Justin Fields has still yet to kind of evolve in his game is staring down receivers when he gets that pressure moment. Because everybody, if you were watching that game, if you were watching it on TV, he stared down Darnell Mooney. That's why uh, Walker was able to intercept that return for a touchdown. He stared him down. And that's the thing that Justin Fields still has to get over is that he, when it gets to a nervous situation, he will stare down a receiver and will telegraph the interception. That's what happened to it. Other than that, I mean he looked pedestrian, right? Like Justin Fields looked pedestrian. I think I think maybe it was a little bit of Lou Getty trying to wane him into that offense a little bit. Maybe it was because since Lou was the uh, quarterback's coach for the Packers last year, they kind of knew what he was gonna play. And so they kind of had a game plan around it. Maybe it was just because Justin and um Justin Fields, Lou and Matt Eberflus didn't have a good game plan going in. But they look like they were not a professional team right there going out there, right? Multiple screen passes, only really two passes over 10 yards. One of those happened to be a touchdown, the other one happened to be interception, right? Like, you can't win in this league doing that, right? Like, in coming out here basically telegraphing what it is, right? Uh, you know, a lot of people I've seen were saying, well, DJ Moore was double teamed the entire game and Justin didn't know what to do with that. I was like, well, yeah, he's going to be double-teamed. He's the number one receiver for the reason, right? Like, if you're going to come up here and then say that Justin Jefferson, who had who went nine for uh, 150 hundred fifty yards, right, A.J. Brown, uh, Jamar Chase, you know, all of those guys are number one receivers. They're going to get double-teamed, and they find ways to get open and get balls and make game uh, change of plays. Nine times out of ten because the coaches actually coach it up and scheme it into it. They did not do that this game, and it was like, Killing me to watch it because it's just like You're making it harder For Justin Fields to be like yeah I'm that guy like you're making it harder For him to do that because now With this film a lot of people are going to Sit here and look like well maybe they should have Kept the number one pick and did go with Bryce Young Right a lot of people have been saying that because It's hard to argue with Especially after that performance right because Now when you look at it The questions come back to answer Like well if we got Bryce Young you know the Super Bowl window resets and, yeah, we'll be bad, but, you know, on the future side, he looks pretty great. Or even if he went and got C.J. Stroud, he's a little bit taller and he can throw a little bit better than Justin Fields. And a lot of it is just coming back now to him where I don't know if he can rebound from this because this is the type of stuff that does end up ruining a young quarterback is a lot of those questions that he can't answer. And a lot of it does come from like this bad situation that he may or may not be in. Right, like the offensive line still looks terrible. Right. We all knew that's going into it. Uh Darnell Wright looked it, it's weird because I don't want to put him I don't want to put it all on Darnell Wright just too soon, right? Like, yeah, he looked a little bad in his open uh his debut. Uh he looked a little flustered, he looked like he was still in college, right? Like that's normally the first game, right? Like a lot of people are saying, like, well, Jordan Davis looked great. I was like, Yeah, because he's playing two different positions, right? For people who don't understand like the different position from like a D tackle to like an offensive tackle. It is two different type of mindsets. Like with D tackle, you have one goal, get to the quarterback, right? Like you you don't have to worry about schemes or anything like that. You have to get to the quarterback. Especially with an offensive tackle protecting your blind side, like you have to make sure that, okay, cool, I know he's coming this way. Okay, I know he's gonna grip. Or up, oh, I gotta watch for the stunt. Up oh, well, I got protection on the back end. Do I have some do I have a tight end on my side? So do I get the double team? Does he gonna chip block? Is he going to you know spin or is he gonna do it it's so much stuff and Darner right i think just did not look coached up to that point right and again this kind of goes back to the coaching to where are they putting their players in the best position to play right like this kind of goes back and i think this is also thing with the whole uh preseason too was that preseason was not taken as serious as i think a lot of people normally do right like this one, uh, all the games kind of came out it felt like flat right you had the Dallas and New York game where they were just terrible Dallas blew them out like 40 to nothing like I think that's the only thing that saved the bears was like the Dallas getting blown Dallas blowing out the Giants and Aaron Rodgers getting hurt like that kind of saved the bears a little bit more of of like coverage right like they kind of pushed them down to like the B segment on a lot of the shows uh but it's just when this is what happens when you a skip preseason and b like shorten it to where you don't have the time frame to kind of have the capability of having everybody play for a significant time frames. Right. Um, this is what happens to it. And now you're trying to have to basically kind of doing it on the fly, so to speak. That's why when a lot of people were saying that the Bears are going to go to the playoffs, I was like, no, they're not, because they still have a young team that they have to kind of uh, grow together before they can even do that. And when you look at it, especially in that game, it was not coming together for him. Like in the second half, they kind of sort of got it together until it just fell apart. Right. Like it, it fell apart. And then it was just like never the same after that. Um. So it's just going into this Tampa Bay game. There's a lot of questions going into it. Uh, You definitely got to look at it. It's too early to say. It's too early to tell. But Going into this Tampa Bay game, if they come out flat again like that, this season's over with. Like, I think if they come out again with that same energy, with that same mindset of, like, just, all right, we're just going to go and play, it's going to be a long season for us. And if they come out that again, a lot of people may not have jobs. Like, Justin Fields may not be here again. Matt Iverfuse, see, seat, he, he's not on the hot seat yet, but that seat's starting to warm up a little bit. Same with Lou Getty. And even I would even go up to the top and say Ryan Pace because you had – a number one pick, the most capped space. Uh, no, I say for the next two years, right? You're gonna have this year probably a top 10 pick, maybe two. If the Bears end up doing the same thing again, you may end up having two. If he doesn't get it right this year, uh, this and next year, he may be out of a job too. So it's going to be very telling to see how this season goes after watching that. Um, but you do, and well, on the bright side, I do got to give a little bit of the bright side. Roshon Johnson looks like a beast. Like he ran old boy over. He scored a touchdown. Uh, he looks like he came to play. He looked like the only one came to play. And the defense, I will give credit to it, where credit is due. The defense did kind of hold together a little bit, except for that one weird breakdown where Luke Musgrave just ran up the field, and the only reason he didn't score on that one was because the ants tackled him, and like he got fell like at the five yard line. Um, but in spots, this defense still looks like it's very spotty. That secondary is still looking like it is not going to be as good as a lot of people thought, right? Like, I know Kyle Gordon got hurt early, uh, so they ended up having to play a lot more of the rookies than they wanted to. I know Juwan uh, Brewster got hurt too, as well. So they ended up having to switch him out as well. So a lot of those back end players that we were expecting to kind of produce ended up not being that. Uh, but still, it. Y'all made Jordan Love look like the second coming of Aaron Rodgers. And again, I'm not hundred percent sure if Aaron uh Aaron Love. Jordan Love is that good or if the Bears defense is just that bad. And at the end of the day, right now, it's hard to say because Jordan Love honestly made that Packers offense look a little bit more exciting than it has been with Aaron Rodgers. It looked like well, I would say this is looking a little bit more like a a little bit more of a looser Aaron Rodgers, right? Appreciate it. Uh, it looked a little bit more of a loose Aaron Rodgers to where it can be more where Matt uh, Matt LaFleur has a little bit more space to kind of work with, right? Like that's what it is. But I don't know if it was just him or if the Bears' defense was just that bad. And they were making plays, but I again, it's one of those cases where the defense can only hold up for so long before the offense has to play their part. And when Jordan, when uh, Justin Fields had an opportunity to play, he did play well. He threw when he was able to throw the ball to Darnell Mooney. Uh, well, again, one of those two passage yards for over ten yards ended up going for a touchdown. So again, if they can figure this out, and I'm not saying that they have to figure it out by week two, I'm just saying it has to look better than that, right? Like, I hope they don't lose. If they lose to Baker Mayfield and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, we we might as well call this a day. Cause again, you got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers where Baker Mayfield is trying to keep his keep himself in the league. And then you got Mike Evans who don't even care. Mike Evans is so good. He caught touchdown passes and didn't even care. He looked like he was out here on 50% and didn't even care that he was playing. And he still was looking like a very dominant player. If you guys go and lay another egg like that, it's not going to be good. It's going to be a long season. And a lot of people may not be may not even be here at the end of the season. Right. Like again, 49ers traded uh Trey Lance because he didn't turn out well and Brock Purdy ended up being the guy. Like, don't get me wrong, they are not as attached to Justin Fields as you like to think it is, right? And I will say this with, because um, Jaquan Brewster said something that was very interesting. Uh, he said that he felt a certain type of way when the fans were booing them, and I'm just like, yeah, but the performance, uh, you know, garnered that uh, reaction to it. Like y'all, again, y'all came out flat. Y'all had no type of energy. Y'all came out with like looking like, oh, this was just another game. Like DJ Moore even came up and said like. Yo, we didn't just didn't we didn't have the juice today. So, like, as fans, we are gonna sit here and just like, okay, well, you know, it's all good, we'll just wait till the next night. No, we're gonna voice our opinions. And if you guys are terrible, we're gonna let you know. So if you suck, you suck. We're gonna be like, nah bro, boo. That was a terrible performance. And it's not the fact that we aren't, you know, these loyal fans, it's just that like we are loyal fans and we're tired of having to sit up here every year for like the past eight years, watch these Green Bay Packers teams come into Chicago. And beat up on us, right? Like, and put no type of effort, no type of energy into like making it better, so that way we have an opportunity to play different. So yeah, we gonna boo. That's not our fault. <laughs> like, if you want to change that, then do better, right? I'm not saying you gotta. You know, I'm not telling tell you how to do your job, but I'm just saying like you can't put on um, poor performance like that and expect us to just be like, ah, it is what it is, right? Like, no, we are gonna voice our opinion. So like that lets me know that internally. A lot of people aren't gathering around and being like, listen, this was needed to be a reset moment. We have to come out next week with a little bit of more fire inside of us, a little bit more passion. We have to come out with a little bit more juice than we did uh, last week. girls. this will not, as I said, this will be a long season and a lot of people won't be on the team, right? So, and again, I think it was a little bit more of that, too, with Lou Getty. I think the thing with Lou Getty, and here's the thing that kills me. Luke Getty was on that team last year, right? And if I'm Luke Getty, I need to reevaluate my system because a lot of people are now going to say. "Mike <laughs> 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 just said, all right, <laughs> yeah, all right nigga, I'm done. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God okay, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no nah, Luke no nah, that's what it is because I'm, you know I'm about to drop the mic about Luke Getty uh Luke Getty needs to figure this out because now a lot of people are going to say the only reason why you were successful was because of Aaron Rodgers right he's going to tie back to this uh the same way Matt Lafour needs Jordan Love to succeed so that way people don't think the only reason why he was successful was because of Aaron Rodgers is the same thing with Luke Getty needs right uh you got that job because you were able to take Aaron Rodgers and make him look great these past two seasons right like even with a subpar team last year Aaron Rodgers still looked like he was a he was still playing at a below average MVP level but still at an MVP level right and they still were able to get one game from the playoffs but we'll talk about that later um but right now if Lou Getty doesn't know how to turn this around a lot of people are going to say the only reason why he was a good coach was because he had Aaron Rodgers and if I'm Lou Getty, I'm looking at that like I can't have that because I'll probably never get another job again, right? Like, I won't get another job on a pro level. Maybe you might want to get one at, like, a college level or even at, like, the um, maybe even, like, at the USFL level, but never at a pro level again because if you can't make it work with a guy who has the talent there, right? Justin Fields has the talent. It's just it's in him that you got to unlock it. And if you're the coach, especially if you're an offensive coordinator, you have to be able to do that prime example is let's look at the thursday night game right you look at the thursday night game patrick mahomes no no kelsey right no chris jones he still looked very much like patrick mahomes even with matt nagy calling the plays right like we all know how questionable matt nagy is with calling the plays right they might have lost but we all knew that patrick mahomes was good the question was was it because of eric b or was it just because patrick mahomes was that good he proved it that patrick mahomes was just that good if Kadarius Tony would have called a pass every now and then, they might have been a different story. But and then if you look at the Commanders, the Commanders look very good because of Eric Enemy, right? So this further proves that Eric Enemy, no matter what the situation is, he is a great coach at the end of the day. If I'm Lugetti, I have to go with Matt Eberflus, Justin Fields and sit down and say, "How can we rework this offense to not only fit your um to fit your dreams and schemes of this office, Matt, but also Justin Fields' talent. Because, again, he is a talented runner, right? Say what you want. I don't want him to run the ball as much, but you cannot just sit here and say, like, all right, cool. We're just going to not have you run around anymore, right? Justin has to take care of the football a lot better than what he was doing, but we're not going to say, okay, we're going to take away your running ability and make you primarily a passer, right? Like we all know right now still he's not there just yet you have to keep him capability of running around, right? Because, A, that gives that offensive line a little bit more help, again, not having Justin Fields stay in that pocket, and, B, it also helps Justin Fields be able to see the field a lot more. Because I think one of the issues with Justin Fields is that, again, he doesn't see the entire field. He'll lock in on one receiver, and this goes back to his Ohio State days. He'll lock into one receiver, and that's why he's getting a lot of these picks, right, because he doesn't have Chris Alave or Marvin Harrison Jr., or Garrett Wilson to throw to anymore. Like that offensive line for the Bears is not going to be the offensive line for Ohio from Ohio State, where he has time to sit back there, burp the baby, make a sandwich, you know, write his term paper, and then oh, he still got time to throw the ball. Like no, no, no. He has to get learn how to get the ball out and read it, into knowing that sometimes it's better to get the check down instead of going for the long one. But they also have to design some long ones in there for him, for him to actually succeed at it. So that's what Lugetti has to do because if he doesn't do that again, he may not be having a a job in the league for too much longer either. Um, Speaking of Patrick Mahomes and the uh, Kansas City Chiefs, so they signed Chris Jones after Week One. They signed him to a one-year deal. Now it's not the deal he wanted, but it gave him enough money that he will be fine until next year, so they can rework how to get him paid. Because I'll say this: the game on Thursday was not as bad as a lot of people like to look at it right like defensively the chiefs were fine right like they held the lions to 21 right which is fine uh the problem was patrick mahomes may be the best quarterback we've ever seen but it's proven that he can't drag a bad team either way Right, Like, Kadarius Tony dropped two crucial passes right in his hands. One of them dead set in his hands. He just straight up dropped it. Uh, and it proves that they probably should have went out and got DeAndre Hopkins when they had the chance because of the fact that outside of Kelsey, they have no true number one receiver, right? Like, Kadarius Tony was supposed to be the guy, and he's slowly but surely not turning out to be that. Um, MSV uh, has all the capabilities of it, but I don't think he has the talent level to actually be – number one receiver right like they got rid of Juju who may not be what he used to be in Pittsburgh but he was still at least a threat on the outside going into the slant right without Travis Kelsey that offense looked pedestrian at best slow at worst right like it was not the same level of offense we have come to know from the Chiefs and that is an issue because now teams are really going to start scheming a ways to get take Kelsey out because they've seen now if they don't have Kelsey, they really don't have any other weapons to go to. And maybe Sky Moore may pop up to be a little bit something more, right? Uh, maybe Isaiah Pacheco could finally kind of come to some type of understanding of that. His, this position is his to take if he can just figure out how to run and pass catch the ball. Uh, but without Travis Kelsey, that uh, that Kansas City Chiefs offense is not what it is. It's not what it should be. And Patrick Mahomes is probably, like I said, the greatest quarterback. But even he needs help for that. And we can see it because he was he was the number one <laughs> running back for that time, right? He was running around for help every two seconds, right? Uh, he was running around trying to get the ball out to places and doing trying to do the Patrick Mahomes things. And he had a few of those Patrick Mahomes esque plays where it was just like, nope, that's not supposed to happen, and he did it anyway um but it's just gonna show like he can do that but he can't do it all by himself right so he needs somebody and like kelsey's supposed to be coming back so that's gonna help him out a little bit but like i said if teams go back and watch that film from thursday night and see that without kelsey patrick mahomes is just uh it's still great but he still can't do it by himself so hopefully they can figure out something to try to trade to get another one another one number one receiver because it's not like they need their draft picks anyway. They have Patrick Mahomes. They have, you know, the GOAT. Uh, their defense with Chris Jones is going to be way much better because now they're going to get a lot more pressure on the inside. That's going to help out the back end a lot more because, again, that's always going to be the true Achilles heel of that Chiefs team is that back end secondary. Like, if you get somebody that can expose that, you're they're in trouble, right? So if they can get somebody that can't expose that back in for well, the Chiefs they have a trouble They have a trouble because they, they can't I don't want to say they can't win a shootout But I don't think they want to get into a shootout with anybody Uh, Because they get into a shootout it won't be fun Um, But with the Detroit I mean Detroit looks like So this is hard because Detroit Detroit plays with a lot of Unnecessary like attitude because what happens because we all saw the fourth and I think the fourth and 10 in like their own inside their own uh 20 yard line well no inside their own 40 yard line where he went for the punt and got it right like that takes a lot of that takes a lot of intestinal fortitude that I don't think a lot of coaches have and I think it works because Dan Campbell has that team trust like they be ready to run through a brick wall like literally run through a brick wall for that man and it showed because I think a lot of people like writ off, not someone say rid off the Lions, but I think they just said like it was a flash in the pan. It was a one time thing. I don't think they can do it again. And a lot of times it wasn't. It, they, they legitimately look like they are a team to not only be feared for like the regular season, like a team that can make noise in the playoffs to where they have the opportunity. To you know actually like legitimately Make some noise to get to maybe Even the second round I wouldn't say the championship round I don't think they're there just yet I think they need to figure out what they're going to do With that backfield because I think Jamar Gibson Is arguably going to be uh, The lead back but I think David Montgomery still has That right now Uh, They need to find like another true number two Receiver outside of uh, Amaranse Brown Uh, I think the defense With Branch with uh, Gardner Jr. with Jack Campbell out of Iowa, I think, and of course Adrian Hutchinson on the line. I think they have the um, every position covered to where I think they can be a legitimate team this year. Uh, the one thing that worries me is the fact of you know the quarterback right with Jared Goff. We don't know what we're going to get right. Jared Goff, the best play action quarterback, but when you ask him to make plays by himself. I don't know if he can do that yet, right? Like, he's done it now. <sighs> he's done it now a few times, but that's when there was no pressure on him, right? Like, when, like, last year where, hey, go beat the Packers, you may, you know, go beat the Packers, y'all not going to get in the playoffs. We've seen it before where he's kind of whittled in that situation. Now he's kind of stepping up and kind of taking that step to where a lot of people thought it was going to be in L.A. with the Rams, where he was supposed to be the quarterback of the future. They He really wasn't working out then. They traded them, of course, you know, the Rams win the Super Bowl next year. Uh, And then Jared Goff kind of sticks around in Detroit. And then, of course, then the year after that is when Garrett, uh, Jared Goff kind of put it together and was like the legitimate quarterback for the Lions. Um, But it's just going to – it's always going to bring up that situation to where can Jared Goff be that guy and take you to the next step, right? Because if they do – they have a team right around them where they can legitimately be a good playoff team. I don't think oh they said that Jerry Goss a good game manager. He is. I think the game manager token is always weird, right? Because like I always like him, Jimmy Garoppolo, you know, Trent Dilfer, guys like that. You know, guys who won and/or got to a Super Bowl because their team was great. It's always weird to kind of label a guy game manager because it's one of those cases where you're basically saying, like, you're good, but we don't trust you fully, which is understandable, right? Like, especially in the case of, like, probably, in my opinion, the greatest game manager, Jimmy Garoppolo. Had there been another quarterback in that San Francisco uh, team, they probably would have won the Super Bowl that year against the Chiefs, right? Because it was one play... I don't think it was to Debo. It was another receiver. But it was one play where Jimmy overthrew him, and he was not wide open, but he was had a step on the Kansas City Chiefs that would have tied the game up at, uh, with a touchdown, right? Um Game manager for him, I will say, it's a dirty title because I think Jerry Goff has proven that he can, on occasions, get to a level where he can compete, right? Because, like, again, let's not forget he went blow for blow with Patrick Mahomes that one time when – uh, they went like, i think fifty four to fifty one uh it's just the consistency of it hasn't been there with Jared Goff right he'll do that one game, but then the next game he'll do a you know one touchdown a two interception game right or he'll do a game where they win, but he was just there so like with Jared Goff, it has to be consistent to where they have to be able to be like okay it's you know four minutes left in a game can Jared Goff basically win the game for us? And a lot of times it's not; hasn't been that case. It's been like, okay, Jerry, <clears throat> just go out there, don't mess anything up, just give us a chance, right? And that's where it's been. And I think once he starts, once he proves that he can do that, I think this Lions team will be almost unbeatable. Um, <clears throat> but after that, I just but after that performance, I think it would help. And again, if he can do that, they're good. Uh, other news around because this was. little bit of heartbreaking but as Shannon Sharp said old people just get hurt (laughs) and that's what happened with Aaron Rodgers like it wasn't the turf it wasn't you know you know the Jets curse it wasn't the offensive line old people get hurt and he popped his Achilles and he's out for the season which sucks for the Jets because a lot of hype around the Jets this year right like they were supposed to be you know a Super Bowl contender they were supposed to be you know one a team to make that deep playoff run because they had everything around it. Um, now Aaron Rodgers is down. They're asking, like, well, who should be the quarterback to come out and help the Jets? I've seen a lot of names going around. I've seen Carson Wentz. i seen Nick Foles. I saw uh, Matt Ryan saying that they wanted him. You know, Matt Ryan didn't say no yet. I'm just like, first of all, guys, um, Matt Ryan fumbled the ball 15 times in 13 games. Matt Ryan's not coming back out of there. Matt Ryan is staying right there, right? Like, Matt Ryan is not coming back to play quarterback no more. Um, honestly, I think the best quarterback fit, first of all, I don't think Tom Brady is going to come back and play, right? Like, I think Tom Brady has significantly said he's done, he's good. Um, there's not much you can do to make Tom Brady come out. Like, there's no, the thing about it is this, right? The reason why Tom Brady won't come and play for the Jets is because it's not his team. Uh, they surrounded, they built this offense to be around Aaron Rodgers, right? And if Aaron isn't there, that's they're not going to now switch it to a Brady-level offense, right? Um, just because, like, they won't have the time to kind of implement it, right? Like, if Brady signed today, he wouldn't be able to play until at least week three, Uh, there's not enough time to get used to guys to get used to the organization to kind of get out there and know the guys right honestly the best guy to win there is Zach Wilson right like you can bring in a quarterback like don't get me wrong right like you can bring in any quarterback but he's not going to know the system right he's not going to have a relationship with the uh, with the guys already right he's not going to be you know A teammate there right like he's going to be just another guy on the team because hey Aaron Rodgers is hurt right Zach Wilson has been there he's been through training camps he's been through OTAs he went through preseason he's done all of the things right and yes is it going to now be a little bit harder with Zach Wilson versus Aaron Rodgers of course it will be it most definitely will be but I think Zach Wilson is the best fit for that team because he is he knows that offense the best and this isn't the same Zach Wilson from last year I think this is a different Zach Wilson um I think the reason why this is different because Aaron was different right like this time Aaron took somebody under his wing right with the Jordan love thing I think it was less of take like he took Jordan love under his wing but it wasn't the same like he did with Zach Wilson because I think with Zach Wilson it was more like everybody was kind of trashing him to begin with right like everybody was kind of saying, that you know zach wilson is done he he you know he's going to be go down as one of the biggest busts. and aaron Rodgers kind of took him on the wing and made him feel a little bit better about himself uh and then he came out and he had a very good game now zach wilson will probably be the true definition of the game manager right like it's going to go from trent dilford to zach wilson if uh this team can make it to a playoff run right like uh because that all this that's all zach has to do he just doesn't have to mess it up right like he has the weapons there you know, Alan Lazar, Randall Cobb, who's a uh, good older receivers, right? Like they can kind of teach him how and where to fit balls, right? You have Garrett Wilson, super athletic guy, probably going to go down as one of the best Jets receivers, right? Like made this stupendous circus catch uh, to get the the game winning touchdown, essentially, uh, in regulation, I should say. Uh, but they have their, they have guys at like Brees Hall. If he can stay healthy, Brees Hall is going to be a great asset then of course you got the just defense to where it's going to be another one of those cases where if Zach, uh you know if sauce Gardner, quentin williams right if they can keep that defense together and keep that intact there's not too many teams that can go compete with that and all Zach Wilson has to do is just not lose the game right he's going to be a true definition of a game manager because he's going to be they're not going to ask him to win games they're going to ask him don't lose don't try to win it, just don't lose the game for us, right? And that's the key thing. Um, if they can keep it together, because again, they won what they won six games in spite of Zach Wilson. Like they lost a few games because Zach Wilson tried to do too much. But like I said, if they can just get it to where they get well, Zach is like, don't do anything crazy, just keep it under control, and then you're good. They can end up making a decent little playoff run. Because again, when you look at that game now, I'm starting to think that Josh Allen is not that guy that everybody kind of made it up to be. Right? Like remember when everybody was talking about he's he's you know the third best quarterback or he's the second best quarterback. Some people was even saying he's the best quarterback in the AFC. You know, he's a little bit better than Patrick Mahomes because he can run and he can throw, and then he throws like four interceptions. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying he throws four interceptions. I will say this. Josh Allen has not looked the same since Brian Dayball have left that offense, right? Like, when Brian Dayball was there, Zach, uh, Josh Allen looked great, right? Like he looked like a top three quarterback. Now, with that Brian Dayball gone, he does not look the same. And, again, a lot of that has to do with coaching, where they were able to take uh, Josh Allen, use his strengths, and unlock it. With Brian Dayball gone and then New York coaching out the Giants, he doesn't look the same, and I think he's trying to rush it too much. I think he's trying to push it too much, and that's why you can tell he's out there just doing whatever, right? Because you a lot of those plays, he was running around throwing the ball. Uh, that's why he threw, like, four interceptions. And, like, when you have a guy like Gabriel Davis, uh, Stephon Diggs, right? You have receiver uh, Dawson Knox, right? Uh, Dalton Kincaid you have receivers there and tight ends there that can help it. they still don't have a running game they need to find out a running game and Quick that's not Josh Allen but other than that if they don't figure that out they're not going to go too far like it's going to be at best a at best a divisional round loss at worst they may not even make the playoffs because I think right now I can safely say I would not take Josh Allen right now as a quarterback there's like at least five quarterbacks I'll take before Josh Allen Patrick Mahomes, uh, some Lamar Jackson, Brock Purdy. I'll still take Joe Burrows, even though Joe Burrows had a bad game, but he's still coming off a knee injury, and he's also behind arguably the worst offensive line, um, the second worst offensive line. I think the Bears are still a little bit worse than his offensive line. Um, I'll even throw I'll even throw a Tua in there because Tua again. The only thing that's stopping Tua right now is a concussion. If like Tua can keep his brain in the same place inside of his head for the entire season, there's not too many people that can stop that. Um, that Dolphins offense. But he threw for 400 yards. 200 of them went to one dude in Tyreek Hill. There's not much you can do to stop that right now. Like, and that defense is gonna come together. It's gonna get a little bit better. Uh, once they once that defense gets a little bit better, I don't think not too many people can stop Miami. Uh, like I said, as long as Tua is not on that uh injury reserve lift and he's out there, they're good. And that's what Josh Allen's going to have to compete with. And not saying he doesn't have the weapons to continue to compete with it. It's I don't know if he can throw, not go into a game and throw more than at least a one to two game interception. Right. Because once he starts creeping up to that three and four, that's when you start worrying about like, is Josh really the guy? Because you paid this guy the money, right? Like, you paid him money. So, it's going to be a little bit more, you know, a little bit more pressure on him. And can he hold the pressure up against himself, right? Because if Josh Allen does start to fold, the Buffalo start looking for a new quarterback? I mean, there won't be too many out there, especially in the draft. I mean, it's hard to say right now with the college just starting. Like, I know everybody's on the Caleb Williams hype train right now, so it's kind of hard to say who else is going to be out there. But if Josh Allen once again kind of folds, it's going to be hard because it's not going to be too pretty out there. And especially in where this position he's in now, where now that Aaron Rodgers is down, um, the path for the A- uh, AFC East Championship is wide open there. It's just like if they can't win it this year i think you start to hear a little bit of those creeping in. of just like okay it may be time to move on from josh allen which a lot of people three years ago would have been like there's no way i'm thinking doing that but if they can't uh if they can't get to the least the bills have the higher ceiling because i think right now they have to get to the super bowl for it to be for it to mean anything right now if they don't I don't know if Josh Allen's there. Not only that, I don't know if Doug McDermott is there as well. Uh, Because you got guys like Trevor Lawrence. Like I said, you got uh, Tua creeping up on you, right? Like you got a lot of those young guys who are now starting to kind of put it together. Um, Someone said just, uh, like the only thing with me and Justin Herbert is that, again, it was another one of those cases where he is very much proven to be a social media quarterback to where he is, If you put all of his clips together, he looks great. But when you put it in one game, especially the game uh, against Miami, where it was going blow for blow, they were going shot for shot. And it's still, he still does not look comfortable back there. He still doesn't look uh, like he has command of the offense, right? Like his offensive line was healthy, right? Relatively speaking, of course. Um, His receivers were all there, right? Uh, Austin Eckler got hurt, but then Josh Kelly came and stepped up, right? They have the pieces there. Again, it's another one cases of where you can put him and Josh Allen in the same category of if they don't put it together, it may be time to start moving on from them guys, right? Like, because how many times are opportunities are you going to continue to have to be like, we're going to try one more year with you guys and see if it works, right? Like, you can't keep doing that because eventually what's going to happen is you're going to start hurt the franchise down the line, and then a lot of more people are going to be like, Well, you had an opportunity to get a quarterback, right? Like, you had an opportunity to get somebody to replace him, right? Uh, And you don't want that. And I think that's where it's going to start to creep in with those two quarterbacks, especially if they put up – well, I think Justin Herbert has a little bit more of an excuse because he put up great numbers, right? Like, he did go – you know, he put up, I think, like 300 yards, so he has a better number chance than Josh Allen. But Josh Allen has keep throwing those interceptions. It's going to be bad for him. But if at the end of the day – if they put it together, I think Josh Allen can be one of those great quarterbacks in the league right now. Um, but, yeah, I just don't think it's going to come together this quick. I think they still need to figure it out. They still have to figure out some way to kind of replicate that Brian Dayball, Josh Allen, uh, from like two years ago to where it was he was looking at an MVP level. He was playing at a top level where he was up there in the conversation of going to be the great with uh, Patrick Mahomes and Josh out. I mean, Patrick Mahomes and Joe Burroughs. And even with Joe Burrows, I'll say this, right. A lot of people are going to come up there and say like, well, Joe Burrow had a bad game against the Browns. He only threw for 83 yards. Like, yeah, but again, he still has one of the worst offensive lines in uh, the league right now. He's coming off a calf injury. He's hurt. And like for Joe Burroughs, I think it's a little bit different. I think people give him a pass for two reasons, right? Like, Cincinnati refuses to give this man a decent offensive line Like once again does not go out there and upgrade that offensive line Uh, And I think the problem is that The problem is that Joe has Taken this team to a Super Bowl with a subpar offensive line And then two AFC Championship games with a sub-offensive line And I think the problem is it's one of those cases where they think, oh, he can do it again. So there's no reason why we should do it one more time, right? You can't keep doing that, right? Like you paid him, you had he's now like the highest paid player in the NFL. You gotta have some way to keep that offensive of line. When you pay Joe Burrows this much money, that means one of the three receivers you got is about to be gone, whether it be T. Higgins or uh Taj Boyd, you're not gonna get rid of Jamar Chase. We've already established that factor. Uh, the defense is not all the way put together yet so like yeah Joe Burrows is going to be the quarterback of the future but he won't be the quarterback of the future if he gets getting killed every other day right his calf is going to be hurting right he already missed his rookie season with the ACL tear he's going to get hurt if you don't find a way to shape up that offensive line and that offensive line needs to be shaped up quick if they want to compete right because like I said. If the, Chiefs, if the Chiefs look like this without Travis Kelsey, right, people are going to figure out, cool, take Travis Kelsey away. That opens up a window for a lot of other teams, right? Baltimore is going to be better than what they were this week, right? I think, again, missing the preseason kind of sort of didn't get it together. But Zay Flowers look like he's going to be an amazing receiver this year, right? Uh, Odell Beckham Jr. over there is looking great with Lamar Jackson. And now seeing what Lamar Jackson looks like, with weapons is different right shout out to JK for once again you know it's going to be out for the year again with another Achilles. I think they're going to move on from him I think they're going to you know just kind of squash this one because unfortunately he's been hurt the past 2 years I think this might be the last bit we see of JK Dobbins in the NFL um but the window is going to start closing right because if I'm Cincy I'm looking like I said Baltimore is getting better um Cleveland's gonna be an issue with Deshaun, uh, with Deshaun Watson, right? You are gonna have you got Miami, you got Jacksonville, right? You may or may not have the Raiders, who Jimmy again is gonna Jimmy. Jimmy is gonna Jimmy, right? Like he's gonna be a great regular season quarterback until the end where he chokes, right? But you got all of these teams right now who's looking at it. It's like they've seen the vulnerability of the Chiefs right now, and they can take advantage of it, right? And if they can figure out how to get this offensive line together, I think Cincinnati can be the true kings of that division because they're the only ones that has beaten since, uh, Kansas City, right, when it was in crunch time, right? Like, they have the only ones that really beaten it. And, again, last year took them to the brink of it, right? So if anybody can do it at Cincinnati, If just that offensive line has got to get better. And if they can do that, they're good, right, because they have the key things that – you do need to compete with uh, Patrick Mahomes is weapons, right? And they have weapons to kind of go with that because they can score points in bunches as well. And they have receivers that can challenge that back end, which is, again, may be terrible, but they still have weapons there that can challenge it. So that's the key thing that we need to figure out with that because if they can get that together, they may be able to do uh, take it the long way, especially, like I said, since he's the highest-paid player. So you pay that man that money, he got to compete. Uh, he's got to produce but he can't produce if he's throwing from his back all day So we don't have to see about that one But if anything has taught me from week one Is that preseason was very very important Because a lot of these players were looking sloppy Because a lot of these players did not play at all in the preseason uh, So a lot of them didn't have their football legs under them right? Like a lot of them hadn't seen like real live football since like for a lot of these teams almost six months right so when people say that they're gonna skip the preseason i want people to like start replaying this because like again lamar jackson didn't play any preseason he looks sloppy right um aaron Rodgers didn't play he got hurt he played like a few series in like the last preseason game he got hurt right joe burrows got hurt early uh, Justin Fields really didn't play that much in the preseason, and they look sloppy. So when people say like they skip in preseason, but they're going to be ready for the regular season, like I want people to look at this and be like, nah, we need to play in the actual uh, preseason get get at least to get the football legs together, at least kind of get it all in one, so that way we can look get a little bit more sharper going into it because. You can't keep having these type of levels of games and then people just expecting it to be good. Right? Like I know it's the first week and everybody's still gonna tone in, but if they put out the product that they did where it was a lot sloppy, it may not be in that well again. But speaking of sloppy, uh <laughs> LeBron is probably gonna unite the Avengers to kinda of take over the, the Olympics because uh FIFA basketball and World Cup, they got eliminated by Germany. Yeah, they got eliminated by Germany. Um So, like, they said they came out and was talking about how um, LeBron James said he's going to put the team back together, basically have another redeemed team. But him, Steph Curry, uh, Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, Dame Lillard, and Draymond said that they're going to try to recruit some players to kind of come play, which is fine. I mean, well, I mean, outside of John Morant, Morant, because he can't go, he probably can't leave the States right now. um, Putting it together won't be the issue. It's just no one has... (sighs) If anybody's seen the, like, the Redeem Team story on uh, Netflix, right? Like, the documentary they did, right? The problem is no one ever cares about international basketball like they used to, right? Because it's not so much a either you go to the U.S. and then that's it, right? Nowadays, like, international basketball is just as big as U.S., right? Like, you have people like, again, Luka, right? Like, you got people like the Joker. You got people like uh Steven Adams, you got so many people who are from other countries who come and play, you know, who've come and play over here at a top level, they just gonna go over there, right? And play there. Especially for like a lot of these places, like people from like Canada, you know, the, the European islands, you know, France, all those players are gonna go over there and they still be playing at a high level. Over there, they be professional be playing since like fifteen. So like you look at somebody like a Victor uh Wilma Victor Wembley, like you look at him, he's been playing professional basketball for the longest, right? He's been playing since he's fifteen years old. So this is not the same level of competition that it used to be, right? Because you have Russell Wilson in um, Denver, right now with Devonte Adams in Oakland. He goes back to his teammate from uh, his Fresno State days and with Derek Carr. You have, of course, you got um you got the Chargers there with Justin, uh, not Justin, with uh, Justin Herbert. Who again? Who's gonna have a great third year? I think, I think he figured out what type of quarterback he is. He's one of those risk takers. And then of course you got, uh, Kansas City. Some so it could potentially all four of those teams could be in the playoffs with it being three uh, wild cards. Potentially all three of those teams can be in the playoffs. Do I think that's gonna happen? No, I don't think. I. I don't think Denver is going to be there. I think people are hyping up Denver a little bit too much. I think Denver is not going to be as good as everybody think is going to be. I think it's going to come down to, like, Miami begin skeeking in into that final uh, wild card spot. If they can – like I said, if Tua can stay healthy, if he can get on the same page with um, Tyreek Hill, which I don't think is going to be hard to do, and if that defense can stay good because that defense was sneakily good, if they keep that core team together – and they can get it working, I would not be shocked if Miami ends up getting in the playoffs, and not even just getting the playoffs, making some noise in the playoffs. Like they can, hey, have the potential to get to at least the AFC Championship game. It's just can if Tua does not stay healthy. Tua is the biggest question mark on that team. If he can't stay healthy, it's not, it's all over for him, right? Then Miami can't stay in there, and it's just at this point, like I said. The winners of that trade was both teams. I think Kansas City won a little bit more just because, again, they unloaded that Tyreek Hill contract off of them, so they have a little bit more money. And at the end of the day, I want to say Patrick Mahomes is probably better without Tyreek Hill than he is to get, than they are together, right? I think the difference between, like, Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers is that Patrick Mahomes has proven to be better with less than, like, um, than Aaron Rodgers, because Aaron Rodgers has always kind of inherited great receivers over time, right? From Donald Driver to Jordy Nelson to Devontae Adams, whereas um Patrick Mahomes only really had Travis Kelsey, and then they got uh Tyreek Hill in the second round, which again he kind of didn't inherit that he ended up they ended up working out. But at the end of the day, I think Patrick Mahomes can do better just because he has that stronger arm that can throw out of situations that a lot of people don't think uh Aaron Rodgers can. So that's why I say, like, at the end of the day, I think Patrick Mahomes is gonna be ended up being way better for this type of trade than he is gonna be with the Tyreek and then um, Aaron Rodgers without Devontae Adams. It's all gonna come down to like who's gonna be, like I said, because he has the better arm. And first of all, again, I'm not saying Patrick Mahomes is better than Aaron Rodgers. I'm saying in this situation, I think Patrick Mahomes is going to end up being a step forward than Aaron Rodgers because again. Patrick's younger as well. So he has more time with these receivers. Whereas Aaron, his window is closing for that Super Bowl win, right? Like he's got that one in 2011, 2010, but his window is closing and closing fast. And I don't know if they have the time for him to wait to kind of develop a new receiver out of thin air in the Packers. Whereas you have uh, Kansas City, they have time. They don't have to rush it. They don't have to be like, okay, we got to get it right now. We got to get, you know, go out and find like a new. Top receiver, right? Like he can make a star out of maybe Valdez Scandal, right? He can make a star out of Malik Hartman, right? He can make, he still has Travis Kelsey there, so he still has all the weapons around him. And again, he still has the mind of Andy Reid, who's going to make a star out of any receiver, right? That West Coast offense always makes a star. So, again, not saying he's better, I'm just saying Patrick Mahomes is a better equipped to have less receivers than it is Aaron Rodgers, so.